Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of shortwave station WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 569 for release on Sunday, January 19, 2020. On WaveScan today, the early wireless scene on the tropical Pacific island of Bougainville. We'll have the second part of our interview with Marcel Romertz about the recent European DX Council Conference in Andorra and a Canadian DX report as well. The island of Bougainville lies in the western Pacific, 500 miles east of the much larger island of New Guinea, and a thousand miles northeast of the continent of Australia. Just last month, on December 11, 2019, the Bougainville government announced the results of a territory-wide referendum in which 98.3% of the population voted that the island cluster should secede from Papua New Guinea and become an independent nation in its own right. This referendum produced an overwhelming non-binding vote for independence, which must yet be discussed and ratified by the National Government of Independent Papua New Guinea in Port Moresby. Here's Ray Robinson now with the early wireless scene on Bougainville. Thanks, Jeff, and I'm still fighting off the cold here. The island of Bougainville, or as the Australians call it, Bougainville, is 120 miles long and 40 to 50 miles wide, and it's the main island in the Bougainville archipelago of 168 islands, only a few of which are inhabited. It's the northernmost island cluster of the Solomon Islands, and it is more closely linked with the Solomon Islands geographically, linguistically, culturally and racially than it is with New Guinea. There are several volcanoes on Bougainville, dormant, inactive, and active. Much of the vegetation on Bougainville is a dense and almost impenetrable tropical jungle, due in part to the strangler vine that was introduced by American forces during World War II. There's also a huge variety of local animal and insect life that is adapted to a tropical lifestyle. The island has a population of around a quarter million people who speak some 20 to 30 different languages and dialects, though English and Pidgin are the two official languages. Their current temporary capital is on nearby Buka Island, though plans are underway to return one day to Aroa, the previous capital city that was located on the central east coast of the main island. The first settlers on Bougainville arrived from Asia some 3,000 years ago. The first European explorer to visit the island was Admiral Louis-Antoine de Bougainville, who, with a nice touch of, shall we say, modesty, named the island in his own honour in 1768. However, no one from this expedition landed on the island due to the hostility of the islanders. Afterwards, Admiral Bougainville traversed the oceans to South America, where, again with an apparently equal touch of the same modesty, he named a colourful, though mildly toxic, shrub in his own honour, the Bougainvillea. Germany annexed the island of Bougainville as part of German New Guinea in 1899. Australian forces invaded and took over at the beginning of World War I. 
Japanese forces invaded in March 1942. 20 months later, the American forces arrived. After the Pacific War, Australia administered the island. And then in 1975, it was absorbed into the newly independent Papua New Guinea. And just last December 2019, they voted for independence. The first wireless station on Bougainville Island was installed at Kiita on the central eastern coastline, and it was taken into service in January 1916 under the Australian call sign VIU. At the time, Kiita was the main colonial town on the island, due to its previous German occupation and also because it was the centre of European Christian missionary influence on the island. Wireless station VIU was installed at Kiita by AWA from Sydney, Australia, on behalf of the Australian Army, and it became the key station in the wireless or radio network that was established on Bougainville Island in the entire era before World War II. It was a small one-man operation, and the total facility was housed in just one building on top of a ridge overlooking Kiita town and its harbour. Operator Mr. C.W. Scriven, in September 1930, stated that there was just one room for the station, VIU, with its one mast and one power generator. The wireless facility was installed at the top of a stairway with 517 steps cut into the rocky ridge. This rock-cut stairway was the only entrance to the wireless station, which was directly above a small cluster of official-type buildings. The callsign VIU was an AWA coastal callsign with a host of other similar alphabetic callsigns in the same series, such as VIA Adelaide, VIB Brisbane, VIC Cooktown and VID Darwin. Coastal station VIU was in regular routine operation with a scattered network of small wireless stations throughout Bougainville, each of which was a low-power pedal facility that was developed earlier in Australia by Alf Traeger, the grandson of a German migrant family. By the time World War II began in Europe in September 1939, there were a dozen or more of these small pedal-powered radio stations scattered throughout Bougainville and they had been installed at plantation offices, Christian mission stations and government offices, all mainly close to the eastern coastal areas. Station VIU also maintained regular communication with the government station at Buka Island to the north, with VJZ on Rabaul, and with VIG in Port Moresby. During the year 1939, the Australian government set up a system of coast watchers on Bougainville Island as a precaution if hostilities were to break out in the Pacific. The equipment in use at the time were the small AWA 3B transceivers, and with the assistance of local native peoples, they were ultimately set up in isolated jungle areas in the interior. Each coast watcher maintained communication with the AWA shortwave station VIG in Port Moresby, and they reported traffic movements on the part of enemy personnel. On Friday, January the 23rd, 1942, station VIU was deliberately destroyed and set on fire just a few hours before Japanese forces landed in Kiita Harbour. Most foreigners were evacuated over various routes and to different locations, which were considered at the time to be quite safe. We'll have more about the exciting radio story on Bougainville Island in a future edition. For now, back to you, Jeff. 
Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Last week on WaveScan, we spoke with Marcel Romertz, a longtime DXer who lives in Brussels, Belgium, about his attendance at the EDXC 2019 conference in Andorra, a small country wedged between France and Spain. Marcel told us about his visit to Radio Andorra and about the former shortwave scene there. Today, he'll tell us about the rest of the EDXC conference. Okay, you had these these uh, visits uh, during the conference of the European DX Council, um, and it's it, as I said, it was the first time the EDXC has ever met in in Andorra. Um, how many people came, and from what countries, more or less? Uh, there were thirty four participants, and uh, they came from. Um, uh, a range of European countries, plus I think we had guests from America and from uh, from Japan, mm. but uh, there was a big group from Finland who usually participates in all these conferences: Germany, Austria, uh, Denmark, uh, the UK, uh, France, Spain, mm-hmm. Italy. <laughs> now you and I were both at last year's EDXC conference, which was in uh, Bratislava, Slovakia. And they had a, a contingent of people, a few people from um, uh, Eastern Europe as well, I think. Were there Eastern Europeans? Uh, yes, 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 yes. The, um, uh, they had guests from uh, uh, from St. Petersburg. Ah, Russia. From Russia. <laughs> Not Florida. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, very interesting. So um, what else happened at the EDXC conference? Well, let's say besides the tour, of course, there were a number of conference sessions where uh, people that were participating in the conference made made presentations. Uh, for example, of course, we got an extensive uh, uh, presentation on the history of radio broadcasting in, uh, in Andorra. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a presentation on shortwave pirate radio stations in Russia. Uh, there is. Uh, Are there a lot of shortwave pirate stations? Yeah, there, there is a, a Finnish uh, DXO who's um, focusing specifically on this, huh. and, uh, and he monitors uh, what what's happening. Well, the history of uh, Nexus Broadcasting (IWRS), no, sorry, RRS from uh, from Italy was presented uh, by Alfredo. Alfredo Cotroneo, sure, yep. and they 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 rebroadcast uh, WaveScan now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, a presentation on the medium wave, the exos page, medium wave info, and uh, the status of uh, shortwave broadcasting uh, activities by Radio Free Asia were, were, uh, were pre- was presented. Oh, which okay. uh, they've had. Uh, I mean, you have sometimes problems with uh, with strong winds here in Asia. They also <laughs> have problems with strong winds now and then. And Radio Free Asia lost some of its facilities that are getting operational again uh, now they're partly being rebuilt yeah they had a very bad uh, typhoon out yeah. there uh, and uh, it, it affected uh, Saipan and um, the other uh, Tinian I think yeah right yeah, yeah, but yeah. but I believe they're back uh, in operation now I think. yeah yeah huh. and then of course I mean the traditional banquet the uh, banquet uh, EDXC banquet the traditional talks uh, the, the 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 small talks. It's um, it's a kind of a small family reunion too. Yeah, yeah. Now, since last year, the EDXC has a new secretary general, right? Yeah, uh, Chrissy Brand uh-huh. uh, from from the UK. 
and the uh, British DX Club, right? Yeah, and yeah. she's she's active. She's active and a uh, very nice person. Yes, uh, we talked to listen to and to to work with. Yeah, we talked to her last year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, and she has an assistant secretary general, Christian uh, Gibal. Uh, Christian, yeah, yeah lives in uh, in France, not too far from uh, uh, Andorra, I guess. No, <laughs> he, he lives near near Monte Carlo. Okay, Christian okay. Gibaudo. Uh huh. Okay, uh, but he organized the, the he conference organized this in conference, Andorra. and yeah. he will also organize next year's conference oh. in uh, in Bucharest. Oh, okay, Bucharest, Romania. Yeah. Ah, now do we know when that's going to be yet? Uh, I, there is no date yet, but uh, it will take place in September next year, and I guess date will be announced soon. Okay, so if you're a um, uh, shortwave listener, DXer, and uh, would like to uh, take part in the EDXC uh, conference next year, uh, you can keep a watch on, I think it's edxc.org, I think? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah on the e- webpage. edxc.org, and, uh, and they'll tell you exactly when that conference is going to be. And I think that will probably be the first time they've ever met in, in uh, Romania, right? I think so, too. Yeah. And uh, pro- shortwave broadcasting in Romania is under pressure, so... It might still be a good moment to uh, to do a visit there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Radio Romania is still still big on shortwave. Yeah, keep your yeah, fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the moment, uh, you, you you can see they have technical problems, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which are not repaired immediately, which is some kind of a sign that uh, spare parts uh, are not easily available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the EDXC has uh, it's been around for over fifty years now, I think, right? Um, there are still clubs in in several. I mean, in uh, most countries in in Europe, right? Or I, at least I, half don't, of them. Don't don't ask me how many members there <laughs> are, are. But yes, there is still a membership. Uh, in, but in a number of these countries, uh, I mean, of course, the the type of activities is changing. I, um, I saw a discussion now about, uh, for example, uh, the Benelux DX Club, which is the one in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Where the, I think there is discussion on replacing the, p- they're still producing a paper magazine. Wow. On replacing <laughs> that uh, by something on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to make a <laughs> negative <laughs> comment, but <laughs> let's say the excess <laughs> are. Uh, perhaps not the most modern people, uh. <laughs> right? Uh, traditional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then when these things do become converted to um, internet things, uh, it kind of makes it in in many ways more difficult for clubs to exist, doesn't it? Because it's yeah, it's it, it's true. If I see, uh, I'm I'm following a number of these disasters pages on Facebook. Um, Let's say the the, the the speed how uh, with which Facebook reports, you know, it's really like you know there is FM skip at the moment, and then let's say people immediately react. Mm. Uh, um, uh, also, background stories or just logs about exotic radio stations. You put them on Facebook, and you've reached everybody after five minutes or after <laughs> ten after ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, at the same time, uh, you know, uh, it's. Uh, it's also the way how you perceive your uh, your your DXing. You know, I I still like uh, to read a magazine and to browse through a magazine and to and to see pictures of letters of of uh, of, of stations of antennas mm-hmm. uh, to read about about backgrounds, which is for me much nicer to read on paper than let's say to read on a smartphone, mm-hmm. which d- destroys my eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, it's uh, it's interesting, and it's happening in in all parts of the world, I guess. But uh, uh, the EDXC has been around for many years, and uh, 
and one of the big uh, shortwave umbrella organizations uh, uh, still in existence after all this time. Yeah, and I think at the moment, in any case, there's not discussion about dissolving it. There are clubs in uh, in Europe that has, have been dissolved. I was at the last annual meeting of the Danish Shortwave Clubs International. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, they organized a last gathering before they dissolved the club. Uh, but I think there there was really a problem of uh, there was no young blood there were no yeah. new people who wanted to take over the club and then let's say as a kind of um, not uh, a kind of a negative step but as a positive step the board yeah. decided uh, okay let's work towards uh, dissolving uh, dissolving the club and they uh, they decided about what to do with the leftover money they decided to yeah. do what to do with the archives wow. uh, they decided yeah. to do what uh, yeah, what to do with the memory? I mean, there was mm. one big gathering still, <laughs> one one final gathering, but they brought everybody together. Wow. Uh, Victor Kunitelka even came there oh, from Sri Lanka. From yeah. Sri Lanka, yeah. so hmm. wow. they they almost made a yeah. uh, made a good final party yeah. out of uh, well, let's say a sad decision that they had taken. I was going to ask you about the uh, young blood. Are there were there any younger people there in attendance uh, this year? I mean, it's a it's a good question. Uh, you you don't see a lot of young blood. I think again, there uh, it depends a little bit on uh, on country. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow, this DXS world in 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 and this DXing activity in 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 Finland is still rather alive, mm-hmm. but run partly also by uh, by people of our generation mm. but uh, and you but but you see younger people coming from uh, from Finland but from the other countries uh, no I think as a as a Dxs community um, we're all um, every year get a year older together but there may be there may be young shortwave listeners out there somewhere that are not necessarily members of clubs who are or at least listening to a shortwave. <laughs> no, I think, I, and I think yeah. it's it's important. I think as a medium, but that's a more uh, philosophical discussion. Um, I mean, is shortwave that or is it not that? I think absolutely it's not that, and it has a function. It it may this function perhaps depends a little bit on the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it depends a little bit on. Uh, let's say, what role do you see for shortwave? Uh, but I, I certainly think there is still a role for shortwave, certainly for certain target audiences and for certain target areas. Yeah. Uh, another big trend that we have in Europe is that every year there are more and more medium wave stations uh, that are switching off. Mm. I mean, there's hardly any uh, high power medium wave left, uh, but this opens up opportunity again. Uh, at, and I think at the moment, um, uh, low number of of, uh, of sunspots. Uh, there are very, very, very good medium wave uh, uh, con- listening conditions at the moment. Uh, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> for, for for medium wave DXs, um, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, so there's hope. <laughs> well, well uh, thank you, Marcel, for coming to uh, visit us uh, here in our uh, our uh, sixth anniversary uh, celebration here in Okeechobee. <laughs> You know, at, at home, I have a QSL card of Radio Miami International, uh, oh. which is 25 years old. Oh. And it says, uh, first report from Europe. <laughs> so I have your first, uh, uh, the confirmation uh, that I was wow. your first listener in Europe. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. And, and now we're, we're, we're celebrating 25 years on the air, six years from 
from uh, Okeechobee. All right, let's see if we can get to the EDXT next year in Romania. Who knows? I mean, uh, <laughs> you're you're warmly invited. Uh, I'm I'm sure, and uh, we should meet more often. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Thanks, Marcel. Okay, bye, Jeff. <laughs> That was Marcel Romertz talking to us about the recent European DX Council conference that took place uh, back in September 2019 in Andorra. Next, we go to Canada. Harold Sellers in Vernon, British Columbia, uh, sends us the following DX items. He was listening in his car, parked beside Kalamalka Lake, with a, using a comm radio CR1A and a Sony AN1 antenna. On 11.965 kilohertz, he heard Madagascar, African Pathways Radio, at 2000 UTC, with opening underway, song Big Yellow Taxi, followed by the program lineup, the website address, and into Path to a Happy Home, hosted by a married couple. Fair reception. On 11.640 kilohertz, Mali, China Radio International, the relay from Mali, at 2005 UTC, beginning a Chinese theater program. Fair to good reception, and there was a parallel frequency of 13630 kilohertz, also via Mali, that was providing good reception. 9650 kilohertz from Guinea, Radio Guinea, at 2008 UTC in French, with a male host and a woman talking about Guinea. Uh, 2013, there was a Radio Guinée ID, fair reception. 7365 kilohertz Vatican radio at 2016 UTC, a brief African song, then preaching about John the Baptist, for reception. 7380, France, Radio France International at 2019 UTC in the House of Language with music and talk, fair reception. 11810 kHz Ascension, the BBC relay, at 2023 UTC, with a profile of sculptor Henry Moore. Good reception. 11900 kHz Sao Tome, right off the west coast of Africa. The Voice of America relay station there at 2025 UTC. An American oldie pop song, a man in French discussing music. At 2030, a woman beginning a house of program an ID and mention of Washington, D.C., followed by uh, possible news with several mentions of Nigeria. Good reception. 9690 kHz, Spain, Radio Exterior de España, at 2035 UTC in Spanish. Two men with an enthusiastic and rapid talk, almost like uh, sports coverage, but it wasn't, he says. <laughs> Good reception. 9445 kHz, India, All India Radio, at 2043 UTC in Hindi, at 2045 an interval signal till 2047 in English with an ID and frequencies. This was the only listed channel in India, he says, that he could hear. And it was poor reception. Thank you, Harold Sellers, in British Columbia, Canada, for those DX News items. <laughs> Music from Papua New Guinea ends this edition of WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. 
Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, we'll return to the radio scene in South American Uruguay and our Australian DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports to the AWR address in Thailand and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Help Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program, and they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs, the only one, is qsl at awr.org. And the only postal address for AWR QSLs it's a new one, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110 in Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110 in Thailand. And the email for other correspondence to Wavescan is wavescan at awr.org. Please don't send reception reports to that address, but any other correspondence can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White, WRMI, in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.
ਜੀ 